We're going to start right into today's show. We're focusing today. Last week, we talked about how the uh, organized labor was dealing with issues surrounding the coronavirus. Today, we're going to see how the business community is dealing with the issue and how it's adapting to help out. And joining me now on the phone is Rob Carr. Rob is the president and CEO of the Illinois Retail Merchants Association. Rob, happy Easter. Welcome to the show. Rick, happy Easter. Good to be with you again. I hope you and your loved ones are safe. Uh, yes, and uh, I wish that for everyone. I wish that truly yep. for everyone. Um, I'm wondering, you know, we, we've been hearing all kinds of talk about reopening the economy and i I do think it's kind of uh premature uh to to really start talking in some respects around that i mean certainly there is some planning that needs to be done but i don't i think people think all of a sudden like the it it is going to be flipping a light switch and it's not going to be that easy no, I don't think it is going to be that easy, Rick. And, and uh, you know, we, we have been talking, I have been talking with our members about that, that I, I don't think it's going to be just like flipping a switch. And I think they know that. I also think the longer we wait, the greater the economic devastation. And I think that there have to be conversations, which the governor indicated he's having. He and I have talked. He and his staff and I have talked. I know they've spoken with others. And uh, it's early, but there's at least some consideration to uh, – you know, some, uh, laying down some plans, allowing ourselves a moment just to peek over the hill in the hopes that we are on uh, starting down the downside of this uh, pandemic. Well, and, you know, this has been, like all industries, it's been a rough time for the, the, the retailers. I mean, certainly, uh, you know, these designations of, of what's essential, what's an essential service, those kinds of things. And I almost wonder if, Maybe that's where some of the potential relaxation fits in. It, it might, uh, and you know, this is this is a premature discussion, Rick. And I think we have to be real careful with it because, um, you know, we're going to have to think about all the practices that are in place at the stores that are open and are are busy. Um, you know, let's think for a minute about grocery stores, pharmacies, hardware stores, and convenience stores in particular. Um, th- those are probably in that order, are the, are the busy ones right now. And all of the p- things that they have in place to try and uh, ensure that this uh, this virus doesn't spread um, any further than already has. So when we start to think about reopening businesses, we have to think about giving them the lead time to know that they're going to reopen, to put some of these things in place. Um, and then we also have to uh, have a lot more, I think, education effort aimed at the consumer that just because the stay-at-home gets lifted doesn't mean some of these common-sense measures get lifted, that those that continue have to be practiced. And as the governor has noted repeatedly, that burden ultimately falls on the consumer. So you guys in the Retail Merchants Association, you've been doing a lot. You've been... Uh, basically uh in in some respects trying to help deal with the issue of people being furloughed from other jobs because in certain parts of retail uh the availability of jobs uh is is huge right there's been a you know as, as i've noted there is no retail se- there's no economic sector uh, other than perhaps the travel that has been as devastated as the retail industry uh we uh, other industry sectors have 
uh, are continuing to function, have a few that are, are hit. We have many that are hit and a few that are functioning. Groceries, one of them. Pharmacies, I mentioned, uh, in particular, they've carried uh, groceries in particular have carried a he- heavy load throughout this. I think people forget that uh, um, we're all learning about this on the fly. Um, there was a great deal that was being done by uh, retail in terms of experimentation with what was working and wasn't working uh, in terms of managing the consumer and social distancing within the store before government had even put out guidelines. Um, we found out early on some of the things that were working and weren't working. Um, you know, r- retail or grocery stores stepped up. They needed people to meet the rush, the his- literally historic demand. There's never been this type of demand uh, for foodstuffs and consumer goods in, in, our, in history, at least as far as anyone has, has kept records. Never. And, uh, you know, they went early on. We, we put a, a spot on our webpage uh, at www.irma.org where, pe- where businesses uh, that wanted to hire could post and, and leave uh, information as to where applicants uh, could, could uh, have their have their application considered. Um, so that relieved one burden there. Uh, but it also creates others to try to get those new individuals trained and up to speed uh, as we're trying to implement procedures on the fly. Well, and, and you talk about the, the demand for foodstuffs, and yet, you know, and I was at the grocery store the other day, and still, you know, all the pasta's gone, all the... All the Paper products are gone as as quick as as they can be stocked, and it still seems there's somewhat of a, a, a hoarding mentality among uh, some folks. Well, there may be a hoarding mentality, and, and we were you know we put together an information campaign around that hoarding uh, early on, as, as you will recall. Um, the peak was March 12th through the 20th. That's when you really had this crazy panic buying, and and I will never understand what drove it. Um, you know, even when you looked at the countries that were hit before us, no one closed access to grocery stores or pharmacies, uh, no country, no region, no city. Um, the rumors were everywhere about, you know, the National Guard was going to, you know, declare martial law and grocery stores were going to be closed for a week. And it was just absolute silliness. Um, never understand the run on toilet paper. There's nothing about COVID-19 that requires a run on toilet paper. But what's going on, but we adjusted to that supply. We worked very closely early on uh, with all levels of government to to smooth out the kinks in the the supply chain, the regulations that ordinarily we never notice, but under heightened demand we do, um, and and got those out of the way. Uh, Now, though, what's happening is government has expanded uh, SNAP uh, eligibility. And so beginning, uh, sorry, Rick, on the 8th, I believe on Wednesday the 8th, um, an additional $76 million in SNAP benefits hit uh, hit the grocery stores. That's a 26% increase above what was happening before the pandemic. And then there will be an even larger uh, input, almost $100 million, near the end of this month. So really what we have is, is um, heightened, uh, high, heightened demand, but not necessarily from hoarding, from increased eligibility. We're speaking with Rob Carr. He's the president and CEO of the Illinois Retail Merchants Association. I'm Rick Pearson. This is the Sunday Spin. This is the Sunday Spin on 720 WGN. Once again, here's Rick Pearson of the Chicago Tribune. Welcome back to your Sunday Spin. I'm Rick Pearson of the Chicago Tribune here in the WGN Skyline studio. And on the phone is Rob Carr, president and CEO of the Illinois Retail Merchants Association. We're kind of uh, taking a look at how... Uh, retailers are uh, 
trying to make it through these very difficult times. And, you know, Rob, obviously, you know, people have been forced to adjust uh, retailers uh, that that are not deemed essential uh, for opening their stores, uh, moving towards digital and online. And I know there was always a great deal of tension between, you know, that kind of segment of the brick and mortar versus the digital. And I guess I'm wondering, you know, is this is this creating a new way of thinking for for retailers? Yeah, Rick, that's a, that's a great question. I do think that you know we're going to see a lot of things come out of this pandemic. You know, retail I've always talked about has been the most is the most evolutionary of the of the economic sectors because we're consumer facing 100. percent uh, and I think we're going to see very positive things ultimately come out of this, new ways of, of approaching business. Um, many of these things were already happening. I think, um, though, that this pandemic uh, accelerated that to a great degree, as it accelerated many other things. Um, I think you're seeing uh, businesses try to figure out how to do that um, on the fly. Uh, and I think they're doing a good job of it. I think you'll see others do that as well. Um, you know, as we think about, we talked about at the opening of this segment about reopening. I think you'll see uh, um, retailers continue to make that adjustment toward figuring out ways uh, to ser- continue to service their customers uh, remotely you know, or through curbside or, you know, uh, takeout. And, and that term typically applies to restaurants, but it can apply to any type of retail setting. Um, I think you'll see more of that uh, as we see, uh, as we hopefully see um, the the, uh, the stay at home uh, slowly lifted i i know that you uh, also represent uh, some restaurants as well and to me that that seems to be where the real trauma is falling in is is uh you know there's already grocery is a thin margin restaurants a thin margin and i really wonder when we quote get to the other side unquote where if that isn't one of the most serious places of devastation uh it may very well be i think the good thing that we were able to get done when we when we were meeting with the governor prior to his uh stay-at-home order was to ensure that restaurants uh who were able or who wanted to could continue to serve customers using takeout uh delivery curbside or drive-through um there were a number of reasons for that one that was to give the restaurants uh an opportunity to be viable um, and the other was to ensure that the food demand was not completely borne by uh, grocery stores. I think as we've looked around, uh, I, I certainly know and have witnessed uh, a lot of people supporting uh, their local restaurants, perhaps even more than they would have uh, were we not in the middle of a pandemic. Um, so I, I'm hopeful um, that that has given enough of them the lifeline they will need um, to, to, uh, to stay on their feet. Uh, clearly, there's other been other efforts. Uh, you know, the city and the county put in, uh, city of Chicago and Cook County put in place some assistance efforts. The state put in some assistance efforts for very, very small restaurants. Uh, but hopefully, uh, that effect will allow allow most of them to stand up. And, and frankly, I think it, it depends how quickly the stay-at-home orders lifted and what kind of uh, procedures are, are put in place for it to be lifted. I think people will be itching to get out of their homes, I think, uh, and to get together with friends and family again. Um, and, and I think they'll be looking at, at restaurants and, and bars to do that. Um, so I guess I'm hopeful, Rick, that uh, that while they have been bearing a burden, that, uh, that the comeback for them will be good. I, I think one thing we have to keep in mind is, as we look at the entire economic sector, is there was nothing wrong. This was not, uh, not an economic downturn caused by something wrong with the economy. 
um, as we've had in others. This is entirely uh, self-inflicted as having to because we've had to con, uh, deal with a virus. Uh, I'm hoping uh, that, that that means that we'll be able to bounce back and bounce back relatively quickly once we get everybody back to 100%. That said, retail in particular is going to need some liquidity assistance to make sure they have the margin to get fully back on their feet. And I was going to ask you about that because, uh, and and I I do think, you know, J.P. Morgan actually, which originally had estimated a a 20% decline in the economy, is now looking at 40%. Uh, You have issues such as also forecasting unemployment to reach 20%. Um, And so you have the combination of, of both the consumer and uh the the retailer here of yeah people are going to want to go out they're going to want to you know spend money but are are they going to have money and that i think is a particularly acute question when you look at the issues surrounding the problems the state's been having with unemployment benefits you're most certainly you're you're correct on that rick um you know i'm not pollyannish i don't pretend it's going to be a 30 or 60 day turnaround i guess my point though is is that we, when we when we get people, it become like a ball rolling downhill, right? It'll move faster and faster and faster. And unlike previous recessions, there's nothing in its way other than making sure that COVID doesn't rear its ugly head again, or we find uh, better or different ways uh, to deal with it. Um, we'll, we'll have to get people back working. Our sector's tried to help do that. Um, I, you know, the manufacturing sector. I know you're talking to Mark in a few minutes. Uh, has tried to help do that. We've needed people in the transportation system, so I, I, I'm hopeful that there will uh, that, that that ball will get rolling uh, relatively quickly uh, once the stay-at-home order is fully lifted. I know that uh, there's even the opportunity for you know uh, the pharmaceutical retailers, those kinds of places, to reopen the economy it will require more testing, more, you know, the governor's talked about antibody testing, and I would assume that, you know, there is an avenue, this was talked about early on out of the White House about drive-through testing at, like, Walmart and Walgreens, and of course there weren't enough tests, uh, but I have to wonder if, as we look forward, things like antibody testing, if that isn't a, a place where those kinds of things can truly come into fruition. I think we're clear if we if we learn things from other nations, I think we're clearly going to need the testing and the tracing that both the federal and the state government have talked about. Um, and the sooner we can get that, those things in place, the better. And given the speed with which other nations have done it, I think it's incumbent upon our governments at all levels to cooperate and get that done. That, that is clearly going to be essential to what we do. Uh, I think allowing others to do the testing is going to be essential. We in the state of Illinois have been, not just the state of Illinois, but particularly here, have been very neglectful over the years of not allowing pharmacists to practice to the top of their professional uh, degrees. This is a perfect example of where we can get over those biases, allow them to practice and expand the bandwidth of our health sectors by allowing them to fully participate in being outlets for the testing. If, if the testing is available and the tracing is available from the governments, there's no reason that you plug the pharmacists in uh, to, to what uh, others are doing. We shouldn't be able to execute that uh, pretty quickly. What would be required to have that happen? Uh, frankly, the state to say it can happen. It's, it's, it's re- relatively that simple. So no legislation or anything like that? Don't believe so at all, no. And have those discussions been held? There have been some discussions along this line, yeah. 
but it's still, what, premature? Uh, I don't know if it's premature or, um, you know, there's been some loosening around the edges for what pharmacists can do. Um, I think, though, we're dealing with decades. You know, I've been at this for sure. 26 years. <laughs> right. uh, it predated me, right? There's just, we, we tend to treat pharmacists as pill counters, and they are much more than that when you dig into their education and what they're pro- capable of doing. They're much more than that in nearly every other nation around the world. Um, and uh, it, it's time that uh, America, in, in Illinois in particular, uh, modernize itself and catch up to the rest of the world. Very interesting point. Rob Carr, President and CEO of the Illinois Retail Merchants Association. Rob, thank you so much for joining me as always. No, thank you, Rick.